Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to the Corbett Report. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. You're tuned into Questions for Corbett, and today I'm going to do something very dangerous. You see, I'm going to answer the exact type of question that I would never normally answer, because although it may be true that there is no such thing as a stupid question, well, there are poorly formulated questions that do not deserve the answer that they purport to demand, and thus would generally not receive an answer from me, uh, because it would be unproductive of me to even attempt to answer certain types of questions. But, actually, for the purposes of today, I think it's helpful, actually productive, to model to everyone out there what a poorly formulated question looks like, why it is poorly formulated, and how it could be better formulated in order to provoke an actually interesting question that will provoke interesting answers. So, having said all of that, the giant flashing warning on the screen that Brock is going to put here will let you know this is the type of question I will never answer, so don't ask it. But, having said that, let's get into today's question. This question comes from Gunner, who writes, I am a retired biologist, now a writer. Together with a co-author, I am looking for information to verify claims in one of the interviews you had with Dr. Tim Ball about climate research and climate conclusions. We all know that the results of scientific research traditionally enjoy great confidence. This confidence was built at a time when much of the research was basic research and was largely deserved. What many do not know is that the situation changed dramatically when commissioned research took over. An important topic in one of your interviews with Tim Ball was the organization of the UN Climate Panel Research. You have had several interviews with him. I do not remember exactly in which one he spoke about this special is issue. By the way, I would like to know. Anyway, according to Ball, the panel was divided into two teams. Team A was to design the platform for Team B. Team B was to accept the platform handed down from Team B, by which I assume you mean Team A, and build their contribution from there. But according to Ball, the engineer behind this project had defined a very special framework for Team A. The framework was that the human-made contribution to climate change was significant. Team B, approximately 2,000 researchers, built on what Team A had found out. If this is correct, and we add the importance attached to the conclusions from the UN Climate Panel and the upheavals we are dictated to accept from those conclusions, we have an extreme example of commissioned research. It seems that Paul had great integrity, but so far, I have not found the sources that make it possible to confirm or deny these special claims. <sighs> Thank you for the question, Gunner, but this is a poorly formulated question, because in a question, especially a question where you are potentially impugning the research and life's work of a dedicated researcher like Dr. Tim Ball, who clearly did have integrity and did know of what he was speaking, uh, to do so, okay, absolutely, ab question absolutely anyone's research or conclusions. But to ask it in a way where, where you say, I don't quite remember where I heard this. I think it was in one of your interviews. He said something like this, but I don't quite remember what he said. And anyway, I can't find anything about it. <laughs> Is a terrible, or I should say a terribly formulated question that does not deserve an answer. Because now it's putting me in the position of having to make an ass of you and me and assume well, I think, I assume you are talking maybe about this claim, potentially. And so now let me 
address that claim and blah, 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 blah. Well, what if I, what if I assume wrong? What if that isn't what you're referring to? What if you're referring to a completely different interview in which you made some completely different statement? So let me put it this way. Uh, I do not have great faith in uh, Gunner to be able to produce a well-researched book if he cannot even find the actual quote of what it is he's attempting to research. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. If you are going to say, Dr. Timball said this, and I can't find any evidence for it, great, wonderful, that is a well-formulated question. And and especially in quotation marks, Dr. Timball said, quotation mark, exact quote, but da 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 that's a good question because that is productive. Okay, now we know exactly what you're talking about. But to say, at some point, I think Ball said something like this somewhere in one of the dozens of interviews you had, or maybe it was someone else, and he, it was something about a team A and B or something like that. Sorry, that is, that is not the kind of question that I will answer. If you're going to talk about my research, someone else's research, quote them exactly. Know what it is. You have to know what it is you were asking before you can expect an answer from it. <sighs> Having said that, okay, thank you for the question, Gunner. So now I'm going to assume, and I'm going to guess, that probably you are referring to this statement from Dr. Ball. So when they set up the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, Morris Strong, who we, we should talk a lot about, um, he wrote the terms of reference. And uh, the first term of reference was the definition of climate change. And he limited it deliberately to only human causes of climate change. And, uh, of course, that effectively eliminated all the natural causes, natural variability, which is why you see them not looking at things like the sun uh, and, and a whole bunch of other, other issues. And, um, of course, he then limited it even further in uh, another term of reference that you, he, he set it up into three working groups. There was the technical group, working group one, which was, wrote the science report, and that was 600 of the 2,500 people. The other 1,900 were in working groups two and three. Now, they were inconsequential because they had to accept the findings of working group one, which were already limited by their terms of reference. So whatever their finding was, working group two and three then said, okay, you're you telling us it's going to warm. We accept that as fact. We now look at the implications of that. And that's where you hear all these stories about, oh, the, melt, the, the ice is going to melt, the sea level is going to melt. So really, the majority of the report by 1900 scientists is accepting without question the finding of the first group. Now, Strong, it really restricted it even more because they then, well, they, they came out and said, look, the, this report is not to be used for policy. But then they set up the summary for policymakers, the absolute contradiction of that. <clears throat> and the summary for policymakers is written by a, a, a completely separate group. And then they write it independent of the science report. The science report's finished and set aside. The summary for policymakers is written 
and and given out to the media. So, for example, the last report, our, uh, the fourth assessment report, came out in 2007. The summary for policymakers was released in April. The science report wasn't released till November. But the rules, the terms of reference that Strong wrote said that the summary for policymakers goes back to the science report people and says, make sure your science report agrees with what we've put in the summary. So it's like a, a, an executive of a company writing the summary of a report and then telling the employees to find the facts to agree with the summary. And it's the most unbelievable process you can imagine. So it's in those terms of reference through the IPCC that not only have you effectively eliminated most of the major causes of climate change, the natural variability. And of course, if you think about it, unless you know how much natural variability there is, how much natural climate change there is, and what are the fundamental causes of that, you can't possibly identify that fractional part that may be due to humans. But that's, that's precisely what they're doing. And uh, so um, that's, that's uh, why... Uh, things appear so illogical and why so much is left out of, of the um, IPCC or Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change reports, which have become the authority. All right, there you go. Dr. Tim Ball talking about the structure of the IPCC. And again, I'm going to have to assume that this is probably what Gunner was talking about in his Team A, Team B question, because it's vaguely in line with what Gunnar was asking. Uh, and also, although this, this interview was recorded in 2009 and was originally, well, it was originally released on the 2009 Video Archive DVD way back in the day, um, it was originally aired on the Corbett Report in 2013 in the Corbett Report podcast episode on the IPCC Exposed, but it was very recently replayed on episode 427, Remembering Tim Ball, that I released last October in the wake of Dr. Ball's passing. So it's probably fresh in the mind, and that's that's why I'm assuming this is probably the clip that you had in mind. And if I'm wrong, then I guess all of this is totally wasted and... <laughs> Oops, oh well. But that's why I do not answer these types of poorly formulated, vague, I think I remember something, but I don't remember it questions. Um, but now that we've broached the topic, and now that I've selected this clip to talk about, why don't we get into it? And I'll just assume that this is what the question is about. And if, uh, you know, really, this is it. I've already provided the answer because the question has the answers embedded in it, sometimes actually quite literally. I mean, for example, team A, team B, something about what? No, working group one, working group two, working group three, working group one on the scientific and technical basis of climate change, working groups two and three talking about uh, uh, effects and mitigation of those that are predicated on working group one. The entire organizational structure of the IPCC is embedded in what Dr. Timball was talking about. And to illustrate that, as you will see in that clip, I actually put on screen the official IPCC organizational structure chart showing working group one, two, three, and how they're related and, and how that fits into the overall IPCC structure. So it's already there for you, really, and it would be trivial for 
any researcher worth his salt to be able to pick up that cookie crumb child, but let's just put it to the test. How many seconds would it take to verify that I wasn't just making that up or I didn't make that graphic up out of thin air? Let's find out, shall we? Brock, put the timer on screen and let's go to the desktop. We are on pre-search, so let's type in IPCC structure and just see what comes up. IPCC structure. Oh, structure, IPCC. Let's click on that very first link that comes up and see if we can find, oh, the very organizational chart that I displayed on screen. Working group one, working group two, working group three, and of course the task force on national greenhouse gas inventories. And then how that all relates to the overall structure of, uh, of the program. And then you can go and read to your heart's content more about the structure of it and how it works and how working groups two and three are predicated on working group one, which is the physical science basis, which, as Dr. Ball was pointing out, of the 2,500 scientists that are touted in the IPCC propaganda, at least that used to be the line a decade ago, Perhaps they've updated that number. But anyway, of the 2,500 scientists, this is a report of 2,500 of the world's leading scientists. Well, only a fraction of them are in working group one, which is really the basis for all of the rest of what goes into the scientific report, right? But even then, even then there are things to note about this. All right, so there, as I say, Brock, how many seconds was that between going to the desktop and finding this structure. Um, no more than 10, right? Anyway, whatever it is, uh, this is the point. It's exceptionally easy. Once you know what it is you were asking, it is usually a lot easier to find the answer. But fair enough. And as I say, here is the IPCC website, so you can search to your heart content and read about and read uh, all of their documentation and find out more from their perspective about how they're set up. But Perhaps as a good researcher, you don't just want to take the, the them at face value. You don't want to say, okay, well, the IPCC says, therefore, that's the, that's the ironclad truth. So you want something more substantial. So you're going to go to another source of information, like, oh, say, the Corbett Report. And you're going to look in the search bar of the Corbett Report. Hey, did you know there's a search bar on CorbettReport.com? Because there is. <laughs> I know some of you don't because I continue to get emails on a regular basis about it. But anyway, here's the search bar right under this part that's called search. <laughs> and you type in IPCC uh, into the search bar, and you will find a lot of work that I have done on this over the years. Oh, uh, some missing YouTube links that we'll, we'll be fixing. We're fixing them all the time, me and Brock behind the scenes um, as, as we find them. So we'll fix that one as well. Um, but let's just go to the very, very first thing that pops up. The IPCC prepares to release more hot air from 2018. IPCC is preparing to release a special report on global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius. Da, 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 da. Allow me to explain dot, dot, dot. And then, oh my God, a paywall. How dare you, James? You, uh, you trying to get money for your life's work? Terrible. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, wait, for free access, <laughs> please click here. Oh, I don't have to pay a penny. <laughs> well, thank you for giving your life's work away for free, James. You're welcome. All right, so we go over to the free version of this editorial. Here it is. And there, there's some interesting nuggets in here. A lot of links, as you can see, as always, because I always cite my sources and show what I'm talking about. But if you want more details on what Dr. Ball was talking about, let's start here. There are two things to note about the UNFCCC. C. <laughs> C, 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 the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change and its role in setting the climate change agenda. Firstly, as viewers of Why Big Oil Conquered the World will already know, the 1992 Earth Summit was the love child of Morris Strong, the highly unlikely father 
of the modern environmental movement. Strong himself founded UNEP, United Nations Environment Program, in 1972 and served as its first director, executive director. And then blah, blah, blah about Strong. Hopefully you know that story by now. If not, it does. it really behooves you to look into it. It's an absolutely crazy story. But anyway, so here's the man who was extremely influential as a uh, a father figure that stewarded over the Rio summit that gave birth to the UNFCC and the, uh, and the founding of the IPCC. Um, both of that. He had a role in that, at any rate. Um, the second thing to note about the UNFCCC is its stated objective of preventing dangerous anthropogenic interference with the climate system. One will note that the convention signed in 1992 assumed from the very start, before the IPCC had even delivered its first assessment report, that anthropogenic interference with the climate system was dangerous and that it was the convention's duty to prevent it by stabilizing greenhouse gases. If you think this means the conclusion of the IPCC's work was baked into the cake uh, since before that work even really began, then you're exactly correct. The very definition of climate change in the UNFCCC itself is a change of climate which is attributed directly or indirectly to human activity. Natural causes of climate change are not even considered within the UNFCCC's mandate. That the conclusion that humans are responsible for climate change was never a conclusion at all. It was an axiom. The IPCC's work, uh, the IPCC's work over the past three decades has been to provide the fig leaf of scientific justification for the UNFCCC to reach that conclusion, read, affirm that axiom. So it should not be surprising to discover that the IPCC itself is a sham of historic proportions. And just as a note, for the fact checkers in the audience. Yes, uh, I did err in this and I did uh, issue an up, uh, a correction at the bottom of this article. The F UNFCCC, in fact, uh, uh, did not, uh, was not signed before the first IPCC report. The first IPCC report came before the UNFCCC was signed uh, in, well, uh, the convention was ratified in 94, I believe, may have been signed in 92. Anyway, but... That aside, that isn't the uh, the important details here. Uh, the important detail is all of this. And again, there are links to all of the things that I'm talking about in here, but there are more. And we will get into some of the even finer grain detail of, because presumably if you're a researcher who's going to write a book on this subject, you better know the fine grain detail. But anyway, um, that gives you the overview of this. And as I write, it gets even worse. Um, worse than all of this is the fact that the IPCC's summary for policymakers, the document that receives all the attention from the fake news purveyors in the MSM, is a purely political document written independently of the science report itself. Let me repeat that for the heart of thinking. This summary is a negotiated political document that is written before the science report that it purports to summarize. The authors of the science report are then made to ensure that their report agrees with the summary. This is why the summary is customarily released first to an endless stream of free publicity in the mainstream media, and then Often several months later, the scientific reports are finally presented to the public. Now, this this was a startling view, viewpoint change for me when I first discovered it. Because as I've mentioned several times, as I was going down the rabbit hole 2006, starting the Corbett Report website, having this incredible mind-bending experience of realizing all, the, all these lies and, oh my God, I... I didn't know the world was like this. One of the last pennies 
to really drop for me because it just seemed too far over that line was, oh, this climate change scare isn't being dreamt up. The scientists wouldn't lie about this. What are you talking about? I was very much very reticent to believe it. But as I started to learn more and more and more information about the actual, really looking into how the sausage is made, it's impossible to believe that, oh, it's settled science and that's it. Um, and of course, the last few years of the scamdemic have proven that the experts and trust the science is a political, manipulative, deceptive tool of control. It is not about science as an activity. Um, but having said that, as I say, one of the last pennies for me to drop in the whole conspiracy, conspiracy realm was the climate change myth. And one of the things that was pointed out to me that was one of those sort of tests along the way, I remember, I, I believe it was probably in the great global warming swindle or one of those early global warming documentaries that perhaps Dr. Ball or someone else mentioned that summary for policymakers was written before the scientific report that it was claiming to summarize, and then the scientific report was retroactively changed to be in agreement with the summary. I thought that was crazy. That can't be true. And then I watched it happen in real time in 2007. And I remember specifically there was a BBC article that was coming out that was talking about this IPCC, UN has decided the world is going to hell in a handbasket. We're all going to die unless we sacrifice to the weather gods. Oh my God, their, their report absolutely proves it. And I remember reading down to the fine print where they said, and this is in the summary for policymakers, the report will be released later this year. The entire, and I remember at that time, every news channel, every website was blaring these headlines. UN says the world is about to explode. And it was 100% saturation coverage. And occasionally there'd be a little footnote somewhere in the very bottom or just mentioned in passing that, oh, by the way, and the report will actually be released in several months. But this is the summary that they've made. <laughs> and that caught my attention. I remember that specifically. And that's something that I have picked up on and I have talked about before because I think it is an important part of it. It is what Dr. Ball part of what Dr. Ball was pointing out in that clip that we just watched. And it was something that you may recall I covered on Propaganda Watch back in 2018. The IPCC report here, this, uh, like all their, all their assessment reports, but this report as well, is a political document. And I say that advisedly. I say that every time I write about the IPCC, but I still think this idea, this fundamental piece of the puzzle is not sunk in for a lot of the people out there. It is a political document, not a scientific document. And again, I say that advisedly, and we can see that from even the mainstream environmental sources that are all on board with the climate change hoax. Uh, Downtoearth.org.in um, reported just a couple of weeks ago about this IPCC report as it was being prepared. Countries negotiate key messages of IPCC's controversial special report, where they're talking about the parties are negotiating the text of the summary for policymakers, which is a condensed version of the key messages and findings of the main report. Now, you read that and you gloss over what that actually is telling you, and you might suspect that, oh, well, they have this scientific report and they're just trying to negotiate over the summary, you know, how to make the summary. No, that is not what it means. The summary is negotiated as a political document, as even mainstream environmental sources freely and readily admit. This one has been un under negotiation by the diplomats at the UN, not the scientists. The diplomats are arguing over this since uh, January of this year. And you can tell that actually 
They even admit it in this report that it is the summary for policymakers, this admittedly political document that then determines the text of the supposed scientific report that that summary is supposedly summarizing. <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. But please, go. Go to changes to the underlying scientific technical assessment to ensure consistency with the approved summary for policymakers. And uh, you can go and read through exactly how they have changed the, the scientific report to be in line with this admittedly political document. This is a political document. It is not a scientific document. That's one of the things that we have to highlight about this that never, ever gets talked about by anybody on either side of this issue. Assuming there's only two. There's always more than two. All right, if you are interested in that material that I was presenting there, of course, it was literally on screen, and I gave you the exact titles of various documents, so it should be easily searchable for yourself. But hey, if you need the help... You will follow the show notes uh, for today's episode of Questions for Corbett. That is corbettreport.com slash QFC hyphen IPCC. Back to the show notes where you can find the link to that propaganda watch. Um, shut up, pay up, or the earth gets it um, from 2018. And in the show notes of that edition of Propaganda Watch, of course, I have all of those documents that I was talking about linked up for you to find directly. So there you go researchers in the crowd, people who are genuinely curious about answering these questions, there are some, there are some good cookie, cookie crumbs to lead you a lot further along the trail. But if you are going to say, I don't know, write a book about this subject, I, I would assume you would all have been able to find all of that material for yourself. But perhaps you want to get even into the finer grain detail and really, really know your stuff. Go back to source documents. Really know um, this stuff inside and out, fine green detail, so that you can counter the actuallys of the fact checkers who are going to try to debunk what you said by pointing out something else that was said somewhere else, or that's or that was wrong, or that was out of context, or blah, blah, blah. So let's get into the finer green detail. And in order to do that, let's go and contrast the question that we're purportedly examining today with a properly, really well-formulated question that shows that the person really knows what they're asking, and thus you can really hone in on the answer. So let's look at an example of that. Um, and we'll take today's example from a remarkably similar question, which I received uh, several years ago now, on why big oil conquered the world, which of course you know by now. Um, the full documentary is at corporatereport.com slash big oil. This particular post of podcast episode 321, Why Big Oil Conquered the World, has uh, the, of course the video, the audio, the complete hyperlinked transcript, and then hundreds and hundreds of comments. And if you scroll down through the comments and down, 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 down through the comments, you will eventually arrive at this comment left by SC Pat on October 29th, 2017 at 2.47 p.m. Japanese Standard Time, because that's what my servers are set to. And here, here's a well-formulated question. I do not see a hyperlink in the transcript of this documentary to the terms of reference that limit the scope of the IPCC's definition of climate change as being only created by man. That would be a key piece of information, PDF document, to have. At 59 minutes and 4 seconds, Dr. Tim Ball says, quote, when they set up the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, Morris Strong, who we should talk a lot about, he wrote the terms of reference, and the first term of reference was the definition of climate change, and he limited it deliberately to only human causes of climate change. 
I do not see a hyperlink in the transcript to those terms of reference. I looked up the IPCC terms of reference myself and could not find where in the document it says humans are the only cause of climate change. Here is the link to the terms of reference, and here is an actual link to the IPCC terms of reference. All right, and then further digging into the climate change, the IPCC scientific assessment, and there's more documents and things that SCPAT refers to, but there you go. Beautiful. A precisely formulated question. He quotes Dr. Ball exactly, and we can see exactly what he is asking, exactly what information needs to be proved or debunked or whatever. Okay, great. That is the way to do it. So, uh, the confusion here is because we're talking about the IPCC, we're also talking about the UNFCCC the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change that runs the conference of the parties, the COP that meets every year and is trying to always pass the global government in the name of saving the earth from the weather gods. Um, and these are obviously linked, but not the same organization. So there is confusion that's going on here. Dr. Ball speaking off the cuff, talking about the Intergovernmental Plan on Climate Change and its terms of reference. But in fact, we're talking in this case specifically about the UNFCCC convention, that convention itself. So I replied to SBCPAT on uh, October 29th, 2017 at 5 p.m., so a couple of hours later, uh, noting it is from the actual convention itself, Article 1, Paragraph 2. So, and I linked it up. So let's go follow that link and you will find I have linked up the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Here it is, folks, the actual one from 1992. And... You will note, again, this is the actual convention, and it's got the usual preamble, acknowledging, noting, blah, 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 recalling, da-da-da-da, yada-da, we've resolved, da-da-da-da-da-da, right? So let's go to Article 1, uh, Section 2, Paragraph 2. Here it is. Climate change means a change of climate which is attributed directly or indirectly to human activity that alters the composition of the global atmosphere and which is in addition to natural climate variability observed over comparable time periods. So there it is. That is exactly what Dr. Ball was referring to. He mistakenly, off the cuff, in our conversation said Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. He was referring to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, Article 1, Section 2. But that again, that was in a, a live extemporaneous conversation. Uh, that was not Dr. Ball writing a scholarly article on it, but he did get the, the substance of it correct. Um, as evidenced by the fact that if you continue reading my response to SCPAT, more details about the changing and deceptive nature of this definition here. And I link up this article, which was uh, hosted on What's Up With That. I'm sure it got published elsewhere as well. But it was uh, a guest essay by Dr. Timball on why and how the IPCC demonized CO2 with manufactured information. And here again, this is where he notes exactly, word for word, people were deceived when the IPCC was created. Most believe it's a government commission of inquiry studying all climate change. The actual definition from the United Nations Environment Program, Article 1, of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change uh, limits them to only human causes. And there's that quote that we just read directly from the UNFCC the literal document itself, a change of climate which is attributed directly or indirectly to human activity, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes on with more detail, which is where the fact checkers would try to come in on this. He says, in another deception, they changed the definition used in the first three IPCC reports, 1990, 95, 2001, in the 2007 report, 
It's a footnote in the summary for policymakers. And it says, climate change in IPCC usage refers to any change in climate over time, whether due to natural variability or as a result of human activity. This usage differs from that in the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, where climate change refers to blah, 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 human activity. So they put this as a footnote in 2007 in the summary for policymakers which, as we know, is not the scientific document, it's the politically negotiated document. And he says, it was not used, this definition of climate change was not used, because reports are cumulative, and to include natural variability required starting over completely, i.e. they were building on their 1990-95-2001 reports that were working on the UNFCCC definition of climate change, which is human activity related. So, it is impossible to... to determine the human contribution to climate change if you don't know or understand natural non-human climate change. Professor Murray Salby showed how the human CO2 portion is of no consequence, that variation in natural sources of CO2 explains almost all annual changes. He showed that a 5% variation in these sources is more than the total annual human population. And there's a link to Professor Murray Salby. So, again, and there's plenty more information in here and plenty more to be found. And there you go. This information is out there. And the more precisely you can formulate the question, the more easily we can get down to the brass tacks and and answer it. Oh, you're looking for that? Here it is. Here's the link. And then SCPAT. Wow, there it is in black and white. Thanks for the links. All right. Great. Wonderful. Wonderful exchange. Properly formulated question. Simple answer. There you go. So, That all being said, this is why I do not and will not answer this type of question where I think I remember something along these lines, but I don't remember what it was, and I think someone said something like this that I don't quite remember, and I can't verify that, is not a question. If you are going to ask information of someone, and of course I'm not just talking about questions for Corbett, I'm talking about questions anywhere in the real world, put on your thinking cap, go to the actual source where you're getting this from, quote the person exactly, And that will limit so much of what you're asking or what you think you're kind of nebulously wondering about. Obviously, we all have questions that are kind of vaguely formulated, but when you're going to try to actually, uh, say, write a book on a subject, you would think you would go to the actual source and get the exact quote so that you can narrow it down and have an actual askable question that can be definitively answerable. That being said, um, anyway... As a bonus for today's episode, not only do you learn about proper formulation of questions, you also learn a lot of info about the IPCC and the UNFCCC. And I would say, as as one note uh, on this, uh, the fact checkers will probably come back and say, well, Morris Strong didn't write the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. You think he wrote that all by himself? And so, yes, I would concede that it was probably not Morris Strong who personally wrote Article 1, Paragraph 2 of the UNFCCC, but undoubtedly, Morris Strong was a very important player behind the scenes in the creation of the UNFCCC, in the running of the Rio Summit from which the UNFCCC sprung, of uh, connected to all of the players that were involved at, in the, at that table in the drafting of the convention. So it's a bit of... Uh, Synecdoche? Uh, I can't remember my forms of rhetoric anymore. Anyway, people can look that up. Referring to Morris Strong as the author of this this definition. I'm sure he had influence in getting that uh, information put forward. But if I was going to formulate this, say, in a book, if I was going to write a book about this, I wouldn't say Morris Strong wrote this. Unless I had some actual information of specifically he 
he was talk he talked to this person on such and such a date and they decided to formulate i don't have that level of detail on this but i do know it is there in black and white here it is i can point to it i can point you to the ipcc structure which you can search in under 10 seconds i can point you to various articles documents and things that prove that the ipcc is rigged in case you need that anyway all that being said that's going to do it for today's questions for corbett Thank you, as always, for your properly formulated questions, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the near future.